everybody, and welcome to the Couch Shoes Podcast, where we give a young fan's perspective of all things NASCAR. I'm your host, Austin Summers, as everyone likes to abbreviate nowadays, uh, here to host another episode once again, and this time it is at Watkins Glen. But before we get into today's episode, we have a spot. No, I'm just kidding. Um, oh, man, I, I, you gave up my hope. That. I was like, oh, we got a sponsor? Nice. Haas Automation, CNC. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yep. What a surprise. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But anyways, uh, I'm here to introduce co-host Levi. Levi, how you doing? Uh, the depression corner has been getting, you know, um, it's been getting its fair use uh, here recently. Uh, the Chase Elliott fans are over there. Uh, they're sharing a bathtub together. The Alex Bowman fans are, uh, they're mourning over other problems as well right now. So uh, yeah, it's uh, not been too good over there in that corner. Then there's uh, the other corner, which is like the cool kids corner, which has got Byron and Larson fans in it. So Hendrick Nation right now is uh, kind of divided, but uh, yeah, I just stand in the middle of it. That's, that's just how it is. Well, I I know there's two there's two clubs you want to be a part of, and they both start with the B. So, um, yes, that 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 is happening. Yeah, right it's no, it's it, honestly like the Hendrick fan base. Like, if you're a William Byron fan, you're having the best season ever. If you're an Alex Bowman fan, you're having the worst season ever. Like, I do have to say this. Like, my goodness, this guy has had literally like the worst. I think the worst year you could possibly have um, for like a career because like he literally started off with like one of the greatest top 10 streaks I think I've seen in his career. Then all of a sudden gets the points penalty at, at Richmond, but even before that had the Louver penalty, then gets the points penalty at Richmond, then gets a broken back, then uh, comes back and just has the worst of the summer stretches. I think even broke up with his girlfriend, then lost one of his two Whoa. puppers. I mean, it Broke up yeah. with his girlfriend? Yes, that happened too, I think. Wow, like such an innocent man being broken up by a girlfriend. Wow. Yeah, and then right after, I think, well, I, was, I shouldn't say right after, but then later down the road, like the weekend before Watkins Glen, uh, Roscoe passed away. Uh, so, I mean, it has been an absolute terrible season um, for Alex Bowman. And I mean, I, I, I mean, I hate it for him because like, does he deserve any of it? No, not at all. No, uh, no. Not. No, is I mean, innocent, but yeah, no, he's one of the I think best class acts I think right now that's in the field. You could definitely say I think he's one of those drivers that's kind of like um um how how do you say it? he's he's got the same personality as others or you know he doesn't really have much personality but I don't know you actually get the uh, like it depends like because if you're like a I wouldn't say a diehard Alex Bowman fan you would I mean, think I know it. there's I know there's some of them out there and probably one right here but. Uh, for the most part, I mean, he's just he's just overall a laid back dude, and then just people are just like sweet, and he does have a little bit of personality. It's just kind of hard for him to show it nowadays, especially yeah. since he's with that Hendrick. I so. think it's it's one of those things to where like he has the personality. It's just like look at his teammates. Like Chase is always going to get the you know uh, public spotlight, and then of course Larson's going to before that as well. Uh, and then you're going to have Byron, who's kind of the, you know, Hendrick prodigy. And then, you know, you have Bowman, who, you know, he's there. But at the same time, it's like he just doesn't really get that much publicity. But I will say um, Ally does a phenomenal job on their social medias to at least get him to do like 
Q and A's. They do stuff that they did something at Pocono as well, having a little dog park. Like I will say, like Ally as a sponsor, like I really am happy to have Ally in NASCAR just in general. Like I, it's not just for Alex Bowman's reasons, but like my goodness, they do so much uh, for sponsorship now. Like they even sponsor, I think. Uh, even Dale, uh, Dale Jr.'s own like segment with the guest and all that, um, which is absolutely amazing. Like, kudos to Ally. Thank you for you know uh, putting all the effort that you do into our sport. But at the same time, uh, keep keep sponsoring Bowman. <laughs> keep keep him keep him in that car, please. And sponsor Couch Chiefs. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you could do that as well, yeah, come on over. Uh, we were glad to take purple and pink. I'll make uh, white jealous. Yeah, no, I mean, I'll, I'll wear purple and pink all day. Actually, that's what I do already. So, <laughs> you know, uh, so see, see, he's repping the he's repping the brand Bradley. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Talking. No. Yeah. No. When I went back first day of school or whatever for college, guess what I was wearing? Alex Bowman shirt. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I know. You got know, it. I thought you would have wore uh, William Byron since, you know, Big Hat Byron, you know, won. Um, that so my so i gotta tell you like william byron uh his paint scheme like that exalted one i absolutely love but like his merchandise and i'm just throwing this out there to like just as a rant i guess maybe but like his merchandise is like just okay like there is only one shirt i really and truly like love uh it's one of the ones i have i might post it somewhere on, like discord or whatever just to kind of like show her by but like that thing is super colorful, but like most of his merchandise just isn't that like colorful or to me just doesn't really like pop out. Like I hate to say it, the Raptor colors just, I don't know. I, I just don't really care for them. I like the good old Exalted colors. Yeah, I like the good old um, Ally colors. Yes. Um, oh yeah. A- anything not. from William, like I'll be honest with you this year, um, the Raptor car, I know most people are kind of divided on that one, but for me personally, I think that's kind of the best scheme for Byron this year. Personally, I like the white. I like the green to it. It's a good mix. It looks great. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not as good as some of the uh, other paint schemes that are out there, but I'll be honest with you, it's pretty decent. Um, yeah. Moving on to... Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, you got to give your uh, Haas up, update. That's where I was going to go. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. I was about to say, I'm like, I did my Hendrick update. Okay, excuse me, excuse me. Ah, <laughs> how rude of you. I, thought you, were just, I thought you were just moving on to our other segment. Mm, hey. Oh, letters of Levi? Yeah, let's move on to that. <laughs> yeah, no, I need more airtime. Come on, what are you talking about? Nope, go ahead. What's the Haas update? Well, uh, let's move on to Xfinity first. Uh, <laughs> our Xfinity program was great. Uh, unfortunately for her, it's not a really good day for him. Um, first of the run was great. Then he had transmission issues and yeah, it started leaking afterwards and it wasn't really going great. Meanwhile, with my boy Cole Custer and a new slap and paint scheme, even though it's Chase Briscoe's from 2020, but the high point Ford Mustang looks schmexy as always. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was a very up and down day for Cole Custer, uh, especially um, you know going bowling against Alex Bowman during one part of the race. Yeah, um, yeah, I know. I was thinking of that the whole entire time when I saw it. Um, Cole kind of was racing Bowman a little too hard, and uh, to be fair, they were both racing. So I mean, what else can you do? Uh, both made contact going into turn one and uh, synchronized spinning. So that was great. And um, as soon as I saw that happen, I was like, yep, 
the uh, Bowman fans will go after me, which is only two that I know of. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe that third guy from the uh, Lowe's Foods, like he might come after me next time I go grab my groceries. And he's like, dude, why did Cole Custer spin me out? And I'll be like, I don't know, man. That's not a me problem. That's a you problem. So, uh, anyways, yeah, it, it wasn't good. But hey, re- re- bleh, my English, we rebounded to seventh, which is good. We were one spot away from sixth. Screw you, John Hunter Niewicz. <laughs> Anyways, uh, moving on to Cup. Um, we decided to copy Valtteri Bottas for the uh, Chase Briscoe camp. Um, to have a tire never come out, which was the interesting part of the year. Uh, so apparently, I think after one pit stop. Uh, apparently the lug nut was locked on the wheel, so every time they tried to do a pit stop, they tried to get it out. And so pretty much throughout the whole entire race, Chase Briscoe's, I think, left rear tire never came out. And so pretty much the reason why they finished where they finished was because they spent those last few laps trying to get it out. Yeah. It uh, it wasn't a good day for Chase Briscoe. Um yeah, and everybody else was... I mean, this race was just not the race, but moving on to Daytona, that would probably be their best bet. Um, especially, we have to talk about the numbers game about that, but we'll obviously get it later in the episode, which, uh, conspiracy theories, if you want to put on your tinfoil hat, you'll want to stay tuned throughout the episode. Um, yeah, it was just one of those days where it's just like, eh, it's another race, move on. Let's live and forget. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it for the Haas camp over here. Obviously, rumors are swirling like crazy out there. Of course, with 2311 possibly going to Ford. Uh, we never know. We might have somebody else special coming over. I uh, found that I found that surprising because, like, 23. If, if 2311 goes to Ford, like. Good we gracious! Might get somebody new, i.e., Denny Hamlin. That's that's what I'm saying. Honestly, that would be the power move if Stuart Haas could somehow finagle Denny Hamlin a little bit with, like, I don't know, um, I don't know, some kind of incentive or some kind of like, if they could actually do like a team, um, team alliance with 2311 as well as like maybe give some kind of incentive for Hamlin to come over to Stuart Haas. That would be the like deal for Stuart Haas. They need a veteran driver over there in that ten car for this like lineup uh, for next year. Like they absolutely need it. And I think Hamlin is the guy that you want for that. If you can get it, if they can get it. Yeah, but that's a major if. Uh, obviously, Hamlin has talked about it on his podcast, and he's talked about it everywhere else. He wants to stay with Toyota. He wants to stay with Joe Gibbs, and he really wants to cement a future uh, with 2311, especially since, you know, he's only got about several years left in his career, which he's still got a long way to go um, from where he's at, because, like, what, he's 40, 41? I think so, but even then, he's still, I mean, he's still doing great uh, right now in his career. I mean, he's... You could tell he wants that championship bad this year. Like he's he's going for it. As he should. I mean, there's obviously uh, two major factors that are kind of going into 
Phoenix, but you know, it's not like there's his teammate and then there's like a big hat in the distance that's kind of shading off the sun. Um, you know, not like those two guys are having actually one of their best careers. Or yep. I, I wouldn't say that because Truex had a better year in seventeen, which was just sheer dominance. And then William Byron now finally coming into his own. He's won five races this year so far, so really I don't think there's a fourth option at this point because it's like I know Denny's talked about it where it's like oh there's Larson it could be Chastain it could be all these other guys but realistically the ones that have been quiet have been the and obviously the guys who have been making noise I'm really thinking for the final four it's going to be Truex Byron Hamlin um and somebody else. But for the most part, the the big three going into Phoenix would definitely be Truex, Hamlin, and Byron. Well, <laughs> I, you know, I put more money I, on Byron, but... I honestly wouldn't doubt. This might be the longest shot I've ever taken uh, on this Austin show. Cendric Final Four. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I would actually not be surprised if somebody like Brad Keselowski actually gets in that fourth spot. Uh, um, okay. That, okay. You, you actually, let me, let me, let me say why. Let me say why. You know where Brad is in points right now? He's sixth. That's pretty good. Like compared to where they were last year after a big old points penalty. I mean, RFK took a huge leap, uh, from 22 to 23 when, you know, again, Brad K had the whole huge points leap. Busher did win a race back in 22, but this year, I mean, they've shown they can go out to a race and they can absolutely dominate. They are the best Ford team right now, um, if you look at it. And honestly, like, if you look at it, I think that's the only team that has a shot in getting into the final four. Maybe RFK, if you're looking at Ford. Um, if not... If not Brad K, I would probably go with Harvick. I think Harvick backs his way into it because, I mean, Harvick's just been, again, quietly, consistently just doing what he can with that car. And if he gets into the Final Four at Phoenix, oh, man, watch See, out. Watch another out. thing, too, is, is that they could have what we've seen before, a Canals and Johnson scenario, because even then, sure, they're not winning races, and I don't really think they're testing that much because obviously this is Harvick's last year. But knowing what they can pull, it's it's a possible chance for yeah, them to and, run deep. And I forgot as well, uh, Rodney Childers has not been at the track, uh, or he was at least not at the track this last weekend. Yeah, he um, due to uh, family concerns, Rodney Childers was not there. Um, he he did say publicly on his Twitter and I think Instagram as well and other social medias that he did say he was at the war room um, for the race, but he wasn't there uh, due to family concerns. So uh hope everything's going well over there with uh, Rodney. Um, we'll be glad to have you back at the track. Um, I think he's coming back at Daytona. Um, not quite sure how that situation is playing out, but uh, hopefully we'll have you back soon. Um, yeah. 
moving on from that, uh, should we get into the special segment that um, fans yeah. have kind of been clamoring for? I We've... think so, because, man, you know, the last time I wrote a letter to a driver, it went pretty good. Uh, I heard, you know, people were very adamant about my, uh, my writing, um, you <laughs> know. To uh, Mr. Dennis the Menace, um, as I so call him. Uh, so yeah, we decided, or I should say I decided, to write another letter. Except um, this one isn't really more of a letter as more as it is a, um, a rant about a certain team this year that has crumbled badly. Because I want to I ask you this. You want to know an example of what it looks like to crumble under pressure? You want to know? Take a look at the number nine team. No, you don't need to take oh, a look at any other team. No. Take a look at the number nine team, all right? Let's actually start off with practice, right? In practice, all right, out of all the Hendrick drivers, they were the third fastest car, which again, kind of expect this year just because of, you know, Byron and Larson's dominance. However, they were seventh on the board, but you would think, you would think, this is your best opportunity. Shouldn't he be at like the top of the board? Maybe? No? Okay. Well, again, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. It's only practice. And guess what? They showed speed for sure. But keep that in mind. All right. So then we move on to qualifying. And boy, is when this is just when the cracks start to just show up. The crumbling comes all around. All right. Literally, as Chase put it, I think, he missed every corner. That lap was not good for Chase. 15th on the board. Oh, and when you know it, guess what? There's barely any tire fall off at Watkins Glen. Plus, also, there wasn't much passing, if you noticed, at this track this weekend. So guess what? Yeah, Chase wasn't going to be, you know, having a good old time back in 15th, right? So we move on to the race. And wouldn't you know it? Nothing goes on for stage one, at least for Chase. He's outside the top 10. Finally gets stage points, gets a seventh in stage two. But then it all goes down. They run out of fuel at a race whenever most people are on the same strategy. Plus also, crew chief Alan Gustafson Gustafson is telling him as well to flip the switch. And I think, if I'm not by mistake, Pitting like the next time, like not the next time by, but in three laps. Okay, I'm not much of one that knows much about these cars or anything. So this is why I go to other podcasts and I listen to other drivers talk about the stuff that they talk about. Which is why I have my good friend, Denny Hamlin, who I wrote that letter to last time, to kind of help me out on this situation. So I listened to the wise man on the hill of Actions Detrimental, Mr. Hamlin, and got some of his advice. Evidently. You can only make it one lap on the reserve when you flip the switch. They were telling Chase to go three laps. Who in the world thought this was a good idea? And who let this go? Did Chase not say anything? Did, did Alan not, you know, think when he said something? Did the war room not pick it up? What in the world happened here? Literally that you just run out of fuel on a strategy call that most everybody is on the same strategy. Like, what in the world are you doing? This is your one moment. This is your one chance to get into the playoffs. And not only do you not show up with the speed that we thought you would, 
but you crumble at the worst possible time by literally calling the dumbest of strategies. What is going on with the nine team? Plus also, I'm going to throw this in as well. What happened with the 48 as well? Literally, during the Xfinity race, he gets wrecked by Cole, but I'm going to give Alex Bowman a big old kudos for literally going to the back of the ninth. Sure, okay, you're going to say, as a cup driver, he probably should have finished in the top five from that comeback. Honestly, ninth, that's huge. That should be a confidence bringer, right? No. Race, they finished 23rd, and they need a chance at the win. Are you kidding me? Where are the, where's the speed? Oh, I, I found it. It's in William Byron's car. Which again, I get it. Teams, whenever it comes down to it, most of the time, like a Hendrick Motorsports or Joe Gibbs Racing or Penske, usually they don't cooperate along teams. What they do is they actually compete among themselves in order to better themselves. I get it. But here's the problem. Look at a team like RFK. They have been taking the whole teammate thing to a next level by actually working together and getting to make sure that their team's cars are in. Look, we tried it back at Indianapolis. Guess what? We got close. Why couldn't we do it at Watkins Glen? Why couldn't we give a setup that maybe Byron had to chase or just do something a little bit different? Because I'm telling you, that was a poor performance from the 9 and the 48 and a chance that you need to make the playoffs. And guess what? As a Hendrick fan, I'm just saying this. I'm glad we ain't making the playoffs with the 9 and the 48. This should be a wake-up call that I'm telling you, next year, things need to change. I'm not saying that, you know, we should be switching crew chiefs or whatever between the 9 and the 48. I'm not saying that. What I am saying, though, is that after that, something needs to happen. And that is my rant from Levi. It definitely wasn't a letter. And if you thought... <laughs> if you thought that's... Well, I was going to go somewhere. If people thought SHR was going downhill, no, it's the Hendrick fan base that's going downhill. Because after that, like like you said earlier in the episode, uh, yeah, the, the Hendrick fan base is dividing. The The walls are tearing down. The the gods are not really gods. And it's it's just all crumbling. And Look, I, I know I exactly. Distance, <laughs> looking at these palm trees, having a nice martini in my hand, just watching as the flames burn down. I'd be like, you know what? I'm glad I watch mostly Xfinity and watch Cole Custer at least run decent the whole way. So, you know what? It's fine. The Haas fans over there are just like, yeah, at least we're all unified. Hendrick yeah, fans are just really. divided. Yeah, no, because like that's the thing. Chase fans, I know for sure, are already on social media you know, going after Alan Gustafson and all that stuff. And I got to tell you, Chase Which fans... Cold, by the way, I, I want to make that clear. Mm -hmm. I want to make that clear. If I know someone on the team, like, say, for example, Rodney and Kevin Harvick, yeah. I know I might be a Harvick fan, but for the most part, if I know Rodney made a big, dumb, stupid call, I'm not going to call him out and be like, oh, you know, they should fire Rodney Childress. They should do this. They should do that. No. It's just a simple mistake. Yeah, That's how I look at it. You know, Rodney made a mistake, and then there you go. Mm -hmm. But that's, you know, 
that's not the case because now Chase Elliott fans are freaking out because like, oh my god, oh my god, no, we're not gonna make the playoffs. We're not gonna make it. Yeah. And they're freaking out and they're like, oh, fire Allen because he made one stupid call that we're never gonna make. And then it's just like, look, at the end of the day, Allen made a bad call, or at least someone in that camp did. But for the most part, you're not gonna fire Allen Gustafson because you want to know why. Even if you did. Problem is, you're going to be losing a good crew chief, and then he'll be available on the market to where anybody else would want to snatch him because, well, have you looked at his accolades recently? Because if you look, he's done wonders with Kyle Busch, Mark Martin, Jeff Gordon, Chase Elliott. Yeah. So, I mean, Allen's not a bad crew chief. Yes, did he make a... Did the nine team make a poor call? Yes. But there is no reason why you should go freak out on Twitter about it or just simply on social media in general why you should freak out over Alan Gustafson and say, oh, he could be fired for that. No, Hendrick is smart enough not to fire Alan Gustafson only because um, he they know what Alan can do. And it's simple. If you make one mistake, that's it. You know, it's it's a mistake. Like if you see Cliff Daniels make a mistake on a Kyle Larson call, then you know what? It's their mistake but then yet again they won them a championship in the year 2021 from hell and back so everyone calm down relax no one's getting fired it's just a now it's time for a wake-up call of desperation because daytona is about the last thing they've got right And, and i'm gonna put this as well like this is one of those things to where like even though i look at it and i'm really frustrated just by the team's performance the whole weekend right like i mean it's almost like they just didn't show up kind of right um and they just weren't like prepared for their stuff it just seemed like to me but like even then like when i look at it like chase fans i know all over social media and all that stuff are probably going absolutely ballistic just you know uh saying there needs to be firing and all that stuff kind of like you said austin but like at the end of the day what you have to realize is like i'm sorry this is just one of those years it's just going to be a bad year like basically i like honestly if you want to step into somebody's shoes step into the shoes of martin truex fans from last year like that fan base had it rough they actually had a really good consistent year last year and they basically got noped out of the playoffs because thanks to uh a, the I mean, system, they, and B, we had so many different winners last year that it's not even funny. Yeah, like, I mean, they had literally false hope put against them because literally Kurt Busch actually the weekend before Daytona opted out, which meant there's two spots open. Blaney and Truex, they had their spots. But guess what? A guy, even then, outside the cutoff, wins the race anyway, and Truex basically gets his chance away. And even then... Every single race, it seemed like in the playoffs that they tried to win for Darlington. Nope, that was gone. Texas, nope. I, I mean, it just was terrible luck for Truex and that fan base last year. Guess where they're at this year? They're at the top of the point standing. So I'm just telling you, Chase fans, honestly, like, calm, you could have calm down. Like, it's, oh, yeah. You could have it worse. Like, if you have seen, trust me, as us Dale Jr. fans, we have been through hell. And then we came back in 20, you know, 13, 13 was kind of the setup to 14. But for the most part, to say the least, you know, junior fans can recall that it's like, look, we spent years 
hoping that we'd get back to where we were. And then by 2012, we started winning with Latart. 2013 was kind of a consistent year. Then in 2014, 2015, he started popping off, and then 16 and 17 was just eh. The, the concussion years, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the the years that we really don't want to recall. But for the most part, yeah. I mean, it's not the end of the world. I mean, I know I can... When I'm passionate enough in certain races, I know I can be like, oh, man, what a dumb call or what this, and, you know, and freaking out and this, that, and the other. But that's in the heat of the moment. Sure, afterwards, I can recall and just be like, you know what? At the end of the day, in hindsight, 2020, that's probably what they should have done. This, that, and the other as a reasonable person. But for some of you that like to express your emotions on social media, please do it with wise. And instead of just being careless and thinking that you run the world behind your desktop, okay? Yeah. Or your yeah. phone or whatever you use to just go on social media to be who you are. Yeah. And I do want to add something as well. I forgot to put this in the end of like my rant there as well. Whenever I was talking about the 48, uh, definitely I had this in my like, I wouldn't say script, but I had this written up, but I didn't really get to it. It was uh, for Bowman. He's got, you know, I, I know I've, you know, basically said he's had a crappy season. I know a lot of people are saying oh, he doesn't have an excuse. You know, he's got to win. Guys, literally, I mean, he literally just had one of his dogs pass away. I mean, it's he's he's had it rough. Like, I mean, this weekend oh, I give him I, I give him a pass this weekend because it's like, man, I know he's had it rough. But even then, uh, the Xfinity race, he showed speed. Like it was there. Um, it's just why did it not like relay over to the Cup Series? Like that's what I want to know. Is like it just it wasn't there the whole race. It's like the, the breeds are different. You yeah, I mean, so it's. I mean, they are, but I'm. I, I get that, but like, what I guess I'm saying is, it's like, um, it's like the talent's there. It's just like the car isn't almost. You know what I mean? But that's mm -hmm. that's kind of how I see it. It's like something ain't right. Well, moving on into our next segment, uh, I'm gonna try something new today. So, um, this is Austin's uh, lower series rundown. Uh, that's me. Um, pretty much giving you the rundown on the lower series. So I don't. Trucks did not run this weekend, but the Xfinity Series did. And obviously, as I talked about earlier, about how Stuart Haas did in their Xfinity uh, Series team, um, it was pretty 50-50 on the end. One wasn't having really such a good day. And especially, Riley Herbs is on the cusps of the cutoff. And he's fighting with Sheldon Creed and Parker Klergerman, maybe soon Daniel Hemrick, uh, because the points are dwindling within that 11 team. So it's it's a pretty much becoming a big deal uh, down in the Xfinity Series. Uh, trucks, they just started the playoffs. Obviously, uh, Lucas Oil was last week. Uh, they're going to go to Milwaukee Mile this week on Sunday, which is going to be a different change of pace. Um, but for the most part, throughout the Xfinity race, uh, Saturday... Uh, it was a pretty interesting race, to say the least. I mean, you had a lot of contenders. Uh, Ty Gibbs apparently watched a lot of Formula One, so he became the Max Verstappen of the day. Um, and everyone else behind him was just fighting like there was no tomorrow. Um, fortunately, there was a caution that came out within the last few laps of the race. And I... Th uh, did we go to an overtime... We did have a green white checkered, or well, we did have a green white checkered, but I don't know if there was a caution before that. Um, I think there was, but anyways, uh, on a restart, uh, Sam Mayer got in a tie Gibbs, 
Now, as everyone can recall throughout the lower series, uh, Ty Gibbs and Sam Mayer have a history. And if you don't believe me, you can look at the previous races. You can think of Martinsville. You can think of any time that they got into each other. How this started was during one of the restarts, uh, they were going through the S's. It was Ty Gibbs first, Sam Mayer second, or inside-outside, however you look at it. Going through up the S's, Ty Gibbs was kind of doing a little bit of a block, but then yet again, Sam Mayer was going for a hole that wasn't there. But then yet again, going through the S's is a little sketchy. Uh, so Ty cut off Sam, and they didn't take much of a liking to it, which is understandable, but you don't do it to the extent of what he did. Now, obviously, they those two have bad blood, and it made it more entertaining, plus we didn't have to see a Ty Gibbs win. So on the card that says he gets us, yes, he does gets us. We don't want to see him win. But for the most part, um, wow, that was that was good. That was good. <laughs> yeah, I I know what it is, and I was like, I was thinking to myself, I was like, yeah, Jesus definitely gets us. We don't want Ty Gibbs to win. Um, our prayers were answered. Thank you. Our prayers were definitely answered within that day. Um, but going into the uh, turn one, Sam Mayer got into um. Ty Gibbs and Ty Gibbs went spinning, took alongside uh, Austin Hill and Cole Custer. Uh, obviously, uh, Austin Hill and uh, Cole Custer didn't get that much damage, but they drove off and got their respectable finishes. Um, at the end of the day, it wasn't a good look to Ty Gibbs, but for the most part, Sam Mayer did what he had to do in order to win. He wheel hopped, got into Ty Gibbs, spun him out, and Kept on trucking. Now, at the end of the race, Ty Gibbs was wanting to be Ty Gibbs. You know, I'm special. <laughs> Ty Gibbs decided to go on an interview uh, where he finished 17th, and Dylan Welch, who interviewed him twice, both on Saturday and Sunday, which I think is ironic, um, and I think NBC did that on purpose, which is funny, um, you know, decided to go and slam Sam Mayer because he said, this is why I'm in Cup and he isn't. And also say that he was going for a second win out of the many stars that he has. And then he said, I'm going for my 13th. And I agree where Denny Hamlin said, that's a Denny Hamlin move. <laughs> I love that. I heard that in the podcast. I was like, oh, I love it. <laughs> as soon as I heard that, I was like, Denny Hamlin's got a point. But for the most part... That leads me to hate Ty Gibbs even more. I do not like those comments. And as much as I know I would be upset if my rival won, but for the most part, I wouldn't be that petty. So, Ty, be grateful none of the Cup guys have put you in a wall yet because then you'll learn your lesson. Okay? So, sit in the corner... <laughs> There's a reason why. There's a reason why they changed. I think Ty's mentality whenever he got the cup, because I'm telling you, in Cup he races differently than Xfinity. In Cup, he just keeps it quiet out there, gets a good finish. And Xfinity, he is the bully. <laughs> like he just goes out oh, there. One hundred percent. I hope. Like there is several times where he's passing Cole and everything else like that. I said, wouldn't it be a great day if Cole Custer took out Ty Gibbs right about now? And it comes close to it. And I was like, man that would happen i'd be like yeah just go to a meet and greet of cole custer and just give him 20 bucks and, and just 
asks about it, uh, don't worry about it. I'm yeah. just giving you 20 bucks yeah. because I care. Yeah, no, th- this is for a special reason. You know what to do. You know what to do. Go get them. But, <laughs> go, uh, go, go, go get them. But yeah, so regardless, that's the um, lower series rundown. Uh, just figured I had to make those comments out the way because that was annoying. Um, I'm not a big fan of Ty Gibbs. Never have been. Probably never will be. Unless if he changes, then we'll see what happens. But um, man, Ty Gibbs. I tell you, Ty Gibbs. I, I will say this though. Watch out in the future because I'm telling you, I think honestly, I think if it's one of those things to where I think in Cup, if they actually let Ty off the leash a little bit and actually let him get more aggressive, like I'm telling you, watch out. He's gonna be a force to be reckoned with whenever um I think whenever no, he gets kind of controversy waiting to happen. Oh, I know. That's what I'm saying. He's gonna be a force. He's like he's basically gonna be Ross Chastain, except I think um I think he's gonna no, have even more. He's he's, he's gonna be like Ross Chastain, but more privileged. Oh yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's he's gonna like, be well, grandpa told me to take him out, so I don't know what to say, guys. I'm sorry, but not sorry. I'm Ty Gibbs. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. No, he's definitely gonna be a force to be reckoned with whenever uh, yeah, he, he starts I think clicking he off. Fit better in trucks. Uh, I think they like to wreck each other down there. How, how, can we just give Haley Deegan a cup ride? You know, because I think she fits better nah. in mentality. No, no, no. Give her an Xfinity ride. That's where I want to see it. Let her cook. Hey, Let her cook an Xfinity. <laughs> I was going to say, hey, um, we're looking for more four teams. So, hey. You know, actually, I will say, like, um, that would be, golly, if, like, that'd be really interesting. If Custer, if Cole or Riley Herbst moves up, do they do they actually try for Haley Deegan at Storehouse? Do they even try that? You know, it's a good question. But yet like, again, there's a more notable name that they might want, i.e. Saint Smith. But for the most part, it's it's interesting because there's a lot of rumors kind of going around for that team in general because nobody knows what's going on in SHR. Nobody knows because it's like yeah, it's Eric yeah. staying, um, and, and there's a list of things. But for the most part, it's like is Eric staying? What's happening to the Xfinity series? You know, it's this, that, and the other. So. Um, I personally believe if I had a crystal ball or anything else like that, I think Cole's going to stay for another year. Uh, only because I feel like, um, I feel like they want to give him more time to just, you know what, let him have fun, let him get back into the mentality and just let him, you know, run wild down the Xfinity series and let him have fun. Um, cause honestly, I feel like, I feel like personally this year, I know there's been a lot of ups and I know there's been a lot of downs. But I feel like this year with Cole Custer, I feel like he's been having the most fun I think I've ever seen him had in a long time uh, after three years. I mean, obviously, um, winning your first race in the Cup Series is awesome, especially in your rookie year. But uh, I think after the roughs of it, I think this year has been his most fun year. I've personally had more fun this year at watching him win races. Now, obviously, what I ever guess the fact that he won two road courses this year blows me like i i would have called you crazy if cole custer won a road course race i'm like it's crazy to think about but i mean it's possible but um but i feel like with riley i like riley i'm starting to like riley i i didn't like riley at first but 
I'm warming up to him now. And, um, you know, he just I, needed, he, he just needed time. Like, yeah, I think those he things. Did too. And I think yeah. if he would have been in trucks a little bit more, I think it would have helped him moving up in a way. But the, yet again, you look at Haley Deegan and stuff like there, there's many factors, but I think, um, I think Riley's now kind of coming to his own. And I hope, I hope personally that he stays another year. In my personal opinion, I hope he stays. So I, I feel same. like there's, I feel like right now what they have right now at SHR with their Xfinity program, I feel like it's great for right now. Uh, I don't feel like it should change. Um, obviously, with uh, Cole's dad, uh, Joe Custer being the right hand man of Gene Haas, I don't think really Cole's going to go anywhere. In my opinion, I mean, I'd be surprised if he did, but obviously there would have to be like an SHR funding. To it, because obviously he can't go to Rick Ware, because Rick Ware is now locked with um, RFK. So the question is, what other four team could he go to? Because the only where he can go is SHR. That's it. Uh, it'd be crazy to think he would switch manufacturers. Like, wouldn't it be funny? <laughs> and I don't want. I don't really want to say this, but. Wouldn't it be funny if they just trade Josh Berry and Cole Custer? It's like, oh, Cole's going to go to the Jeter Motorsports, and they just take Josh Berry. It'd be crazy to think about, but... Um, God, I think Cole Custer would be uh, excommunicated from his family then if that was the case, because, man, <laughs> you know, when, when you're, whatever, relative... When your relative's, like, you know, second in command or whatever at Stuart Haas, eh, <laughs> yeah, you're standing well, I mean, there. To be fair, you could think about it the same way with uh, Austin Sindrick, you know, his his dad tim Sindrick, uh obviously his more priority roles is over at indycar because i think he's the strategist for joseph newgarden um but for the most part you know even then he was going to go to the wood brothers which is still a penske affiliated owned team i use that with quotes um you know he was supposed to go over there and then next thing you know, things changed where Brad left, went to RFK, or went to go own with Roush. Um, then Cindric went to the two, and then Hurt and Burton went to the 21. So, yeah. So, things can happen. But the way, looking at it realistically, say if this 2311 deal goes through, then, or like, uh, say if it doesn't go through with Toyota, but it does go through with Ford, then things get interesting from there, from Cup at least. Um, which would probably talks with Eric Armorol and Denny Hamlin would probably be a little narrower. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, it's a lot to think about. You also got people that are coming up through the market. You know, you got uh, we're uncertain about several drivers' futures, like Zane Smith. Uh. Not quite sure where he's going to be going into the future. I think he's a free-range agent for next year. I don't think nobody's locked him down yet. So um, I think if he was going to move up, he has to move up in Xfinity, like now. Or if there is a cup right open, he should definitely go to a Ford team because I think Ford's really wanting to keep him. Uh, then you also have to think about Haley Deegan as well. Um, well, yes, her stats and everything in the truck series has been all that great. Move her into a different series and see what she can work with would probably change the perspective. 
So we'll see what happens. Silly season is definitely underway at this point, even though we have seen guys already lock themselves in. We've already seen guys go to different seats. So uh, we'll keep you guys updated mostly on our thoughts and opinions about it. But uh, we'll move on from that to Daytona. Now. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) So after Watkins Glen, William Byron won for the fifth time. We've already discussed that. Which also means this. Two spots are now taken. Now, you may be thinking, we didn't have 15 different winners. And to that, you're correct. See, the 14th and 50th... 50th? Obviously. Um, 14th and 15th spot have been taken up by both Brad Kozlowski and Kevin Harvick. Those two spots are taken because they have enough points to lock themselves in. There were 100 plus over the cut line, so pretty much Bubba Wallace on back, uh, 16th on back, um, couldn't lock in or whatever the case may be in order or wasn't close enough in order for the three spots to be a little more interesting. If someone knew where to win at Watkins Glen, which didn't happen, like say Ty Gibbs won, then things would get interesting, but that didn't happen. So moving on to that, you have Bubba Wallace in the 16th spot. And I'll be honest with you, he had a really good run at Watkins Glen. He did everything he needed to do to keep his hopes alive and at least keep good momentum going in. Daytona is definitely the deciding factor, and it's pretty much it's either a win or win and end situation. There is no points whatsoever points do not matter in this race whatsoever oh i want points for this oh i want points for that no you're going to go for the race win and that's all that matters the only time points are going to matter within that race is that denny hamlin denny hamlin and martin shurex because they're fighting for the uh regular season championship but for the most part points do not matter from 16th on back you either have to win or you're in yeah (laughs) It's Wait, either no. one of those two, all right? It's it's win or get in because I said so. So, yeah. Exactly. That, that, yeah. So, Bubba Wallace, if... I know you're never going to listen to this, but hear me out. You have no friends. And I'm not saying you don't have friends, <laughs> literally. But wow, that got dark. <laughs> yeah, literally. Anyways, um, you have no friends whatsoever. Everyone's out to do something, and you got to find. You got to make. You got to be a really good salesman. You really got to, because Ty Gibbs is certainly not going to help you. Denny Hamlin, maybe. Truex, maybe. Bell, I mean, I don't know why not. He really doesn't have anything to lose. Um, Tyler Reddick, I would be careful around Tyler Reddick. He's kind of a in and out kind of driver, but. We'll see what he does at Daytona, but for the most part, you got to find your friends. And if you don't find them, then you're going to sink fast. And you really got to go with the system because all these guys are going to be desperate. Really, really desperate. Daniel Suarez is desperate. Ty Gibbs is desperate. Uh, Both Hendrick cars are desperate. But then yet again, it's either we're going to get three Hendrick cars or only two. And my money's on two. But then yet again, Alex Bowman's a little bit better of a plate racer than Chase Elliott, in my opinion. But then yet again, if you look at the stats, Elliott's... Eh, anyways, 
stats don't matter. Everything's out the window. So it's either... It's not either at this point. You gotta win. Everyone's gotta win. There, There's no ifs, ands, or buts. You gotta win. You gotta put on the perfect setup. So, so you, who do you... Who do you Yep, who do you think is going to win, uh, bud? <laughs> All right, so if we're making picks right now, I'm going to say Kevin Harvick, Eric Amarola, Chase Briscoe, and Austin Sindrick. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, those are the four that I thought about in my head before we recorded this podcast, so I was like... Kevin Harvick? Yeah, why not? I, I just don't see it. I just okay. don't see it. Eric Amarola, I kind of thought about this, right? Oh, you were going with the math. You were going with the superstition. I knew that one. I already counted that one up. So, yeah, I knew you were going for that one. The only reason Um, why I thought about that, because of what happened, Byron won. So, I was like, huh. So, Eric Amrolo is going to win at Daytona, like he did earlier this year at the uh, duels. So, I don't know. Possible with Eric Amrolo. That is not a far stretch at all. Uh, Then, who are the other? Um, Chase Briscoe. The only reason why I picked Chase Briscoe. He's my boy. Uh, I know Cole Custer's not in the Cup Series anymore. Uh, he's pretty much in and out with Rick Ware. Because, I see a bias here. Yeah, it is a little bit of a bias. But for the most part, I like me some Chase Briscoe. Chase Briscoe has never done me wrong. I'm picking Chase Briscoe. Let's hopefully that we don't have another Valtteri Bottas situation again. Um, and Austin Cindric, why not? Like, literally, Austin Cindric won a Daytona 500 compared to... Well, never mind. Um... Out of all four, there's only two of them that won a Daytona 500, so they're no stranger to winning Daytona. Um, meanwhile, Eric Amarola, on the other hand, has won a Daytona, but not a 500, but more of the Coke Zero races. And then Chase Briscoe, why not? I had a super speedway win to your belt. I think Chase Briscoe might do good. So, um, but if we're looking at if we're looking at this race realistically, of who we might pick. I think Bubble Wallace is definitely your strongest pick going into this race, only because he's never really done that wrong at Daytona. Sure, he might have had some bad finishes, but for the most part, when you look at Bubble Wallace racing at Daytona, you cannot go wrong with that. So, And even then, if you look at Austin Cindric as well, he, even though we had the big crash and the big rain um, last year, that still doesn't mean Austin Cindric survived and almost had a shot to win this race and almost went back-to-back winning at Daytona. So, realistically, looking for Austin Cindric to win this race is definitely not out of the question. Um, and everywhere else, it's kind of hard to pick whom. Like, Justin Haley is a really good pick. Because um, it's Justin Haley. And what team does he drive for? Colleague. Yes, he's going to go to Rick Ware next year, but for the most part, he's good at super speedway races. So if you're not picking Justin Haley, I don't know who you're picking. Oh, and then I also have to mention Austin Hill and Riley Herbst are running in this weekend. Uh, Herbst is driving the 36 car for front row, and uh, Austin Hill is driving the 62 car, which is the Beard Motorsports car. So if you're Bubba Wallace, and you can make it good on points... And you have Austin Hill winning? Yeah, you, you get a little bit of a saving grace, but you know how likely that's going to happen? Zero to none. But, Levi, I've... I've yeah. Not enough. You, yeah, you, you have. You, 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 you've taken up too much oxygen in the room. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, quit breathing. Um, I got to tell you, like, 
I think a lot of people are going to be looking at this race and going like, let's look at the drivers who have to win, right? We're going to go for them. I'm looking at it the opposite way because here's the thing. This is one more opportunity for some drivers that are in the playoffs to try to get at least five more playoffs, playoff points and try to get some more points to help them out uh, playoff points wise where they finish out in the regular season, which is why immediately I go to a couple drivers, Brad K. I got to tell you, He's still hungry for that first win for RFK. He still wants it bad, right? And I'm telling you, they're good at plate races, especially uh, him and Busher together. Once those two get locked up, watch out. They're going. Which you could even say Busher, but honestly, I'm just not feeling it for him. Uh, or I would say for this, he could absolutely win it. That's for sure. But um, is he like one of my ones to watch? Not really. He's in, definitely doesn't want the playoff points. Absolutely, it's just not one of my ones to watch, I guess. Michael McDowell comes second to that. I got to tell you, the fire that I saw from Michael McDowell at Indy Road Course and then Watkins Glen, he had the speed, but guess what? Had mechanical problems. I'm wondering if they're going to come back a little bit bit more angered. Maybe they're going to try to win another race, get some more uh, playoff points to help him out. And then finally, we're going to get into the drivers that... um, you know, are outside the playoffs that, you know, definitely are looking to win. And I got to tell you, the first one that I think of, and Austin, you were, you know, going back and forth on this one as well. I got to tell you, I think Chase Elliott's going to be a guy that you're going to want to watch out for. Uh, do I think he wins this race? Honestly, no. it's, it's not a long shot. Um, he won Talladega uh, last year uh, in the playoffs. And honestly, that was the biggest surprise for me. He's won at Talladega before, uh, but here's the thing. He's never won at Daytona, though. So we'll have to see. Can he pull it off? I absolutely think so, um, which I'm going to kind of throw in a here another one. Alex Bowman had speed at Atlanta, but that's the thing. Atlanta and Daytona are completely different in the way that they race. So I would kind of, I'm going to rule out Alex Bowman as one of my ones to watch out for, even though he had speed. Uh, just they, the two tracks don't race quite enough the same. So then I got to say, my last one that you got to watch out for is Corey LaJoy. Honestly, I think that if like out of all the races that we have in the regular season, there's one race that Spire always tries to win. That's the, you know, super speedways. And guess what? You got one more attempt to try to maybe punch your way in. And I tell you, it would absolutely be huge for Spire to get that number seven car in the playoffs and just be able to, I don't know, upgrade some equipment at the shop or just do something would absolutely help that number seven team out. And you do that by getting a playoff spot. I'll tell you what, Corey LaJoy can pull it off. Mad props to him. Mad props. So I tell you, Austin, I think we're going to have a good one at Daytona. Uh, it's definitely going to be interesting, and especially underneath the lights, it's going to be um, it's going to be a madhouse. Maybe not so, like Bowman Gray, but it's going to be a madhouse. I, I got a question for you. So here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that I think one of these teams, like a Joe Gibbs or a Hendrick Motorsports, or maybe a um, maybe even Storhaus. I don't know. I think one of these teams is going to basically try to qualify as best as possible. And just try to just lead as many laps as possible and help their teammates out. Like, I honestly just see it, one of the teams just literally pulling like a 2018 Stuart Haas, make a four car train, and just try to win it that way. 
Well, why not Stuart Haas doing Stuart Haas things? Come on. Exactly. That's why I said ahead of the system in 2018. Why can't we do it now? But due to the packages and everything else like that, we can't. But I'm not opposed if it happened again. We're all honestly with the way the arrow package works now. You get one, two, three, four. If you can qualify just like that, which most of the time it's Hendrick that does that, but if you can get your cars that actually qualify in the top four, that's about it. Yeah, true. But if you still, if you can get your cars in the top four and just qualify that way, guess what? I mean, with the side by side racing we have, nobody's passing that. Like, as long as you get to pit road, make your pit stops and all that stuff perfectly, like. Just imagine Stuart Haas just going to do straight up dominance with that. Oh. I again that's why I say I would not be surprised if a team did that. Not I'm not saying Stuart Haas, but I'm just surprised or I wouldn't be surprised if one of these teams decides to just literally they just gang up on the whole field and they just try to run away with it. Now you make me want to watch that twenty eighteen race again because it made me more Uh uh Um, Yeah, no, that that twenty eighteen Talladega race, oh man, that was when Stuart Haas was like They took the they literally just took everyone by the gonads and was just like you want to try us now? And especially 2018 was their best year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, we had every single car win. Harvick, obviously the more dominant of the most. Then you had Boyer winning. You had Eric Amarola winning. And then you had Kurt Busch winning. I mean, overall, I'd say it's a very successful year. And here's the thing. Joe Gibbs Racing did the same thing in the Daytona 500 in 2016 when they had Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Matt Kenseth, and I think it was Edwards at that time. They were literally all four at the front, and they just controlled the race. Here's the thing, though. I just realized something that just came to mind. I know which team will absolutely not help each other at Daytona, and that's Hendrick. They won't do it. Yeah, it's a house divided. Like, well, and it's not just that. It's like, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but every single plate track that Hendrick goes to, it's never teammates work together. It's always each one for themselves. So I'm going to tell yeah, you ahead of time, a Hendrick car ain't going to win. Well, like, I mean, may, yeah. I, I mean, the way if you think about it here too is Larson, super speedway inconsistency. And that's nothing bad about Larson, but no. Larson can't really win at a super speedway to save his life. Then you have William Byron, which has won at a super speedway, but not the rank of Elliott. That's why I say like, I think if, if one of them does win it, I think it's probably going to be I want to say I want to say Byron just because of how his performance has been all year. But honestly, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt Chase winning it. But the problem is that as a whole, Hendrick does not work together to win these races. And I'm telling you, it's going to bite him. And it already has. They've lost a bunch of Daytona 500s thanks to that. So I'm just saying. But anyway, Austin, close this out as we head off to Daytona. Well, we're off to Daytona. It's the last race before. For the playoffs, it's going to get hectic. It's going to get wild. It's about to get nasty, too. I don't know well, if we're going to make we'll it out of the live. Well, okay, maybe not that way. But anyways, um, I don't think we're going to make out of this race alive, um, especially looking after what happened at Daytona last year for the playoffs. I don't know. It's going to get a little, It's going to get messy. It really is. So... Uh, we'll see you after the smoldering embers of Daytona, so that way we can catch you guys before Darlington, which that will be nice. Um, yeah, other than that, that's all I've got. We will see you guys at Darlington. See you then.